Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. And the Shark Tracker app. If you don't have one of those, get that. It's extremely important. My family went down to the Chesapeake Bay last week, and I got on the app, right? Like, you need to understand what's happening in the water. Now, my fear for the most part is pretty irrational. It doesn't make sense for my heart to palpitate while swimming in the deep end of a pool or in a freshwater lake. But that happens to me. One of the most terrifying moments in my life is when I was halfway through an, a, a, a swim in a six-acre lake out in the middle of it. And something grabbed me in the back of my leg. And I turned around and screamed, thinking, this was the end. The sharks have found me. And my dog, who was swimming after me, who I didn't know, had caught up and had tried to tried to get her paws on top of the back of me. It wasn't a shark, it was my dog, but I, of course, assumed that I was going to die in that moment. Listen, we're going to talk about fear tonight. We're going to talk about this topic, and it comes up in Proverbs quite a bit. Now, there's a lot of things that people are scared of, and what I've been talking about so far isn't so much of, as a fear as it is a phobia. Have you ever thought about the difference of those things? We all have phobias or irrational fears, things that, that kind of freak us out or that make us scared, whether it's spiders or snakes, and some of you are just, you just did what I do when I open my eyes in the deep end. Some, sometimes we have uh, phobias about weird things that don't make sense, like mustard, right? People get scared of that kind of stuff. Clowns can creep people out and puppets, right? If we turn the lights down, you might be scared of the dark. You might have a fear of heights. You might, you might have a fear of public speaking. It's a good thing that's not one of my fears. But actually, public speaking is the number one phobia identified when they track these kinds of things. Confined spaces, open spaces, being alone, being in a crowd. A lot of people can get dominated by this idea of fear. Germs can scare people. But when fear comes up in the Bible, and it comes up quite often... It's talking about something a little bit more serious than a phobia. And it's talking about that thing that probably sometimes keeps you awake at night. So when we ask the question, what are you afraid of? Like we could kind of rephrase it and say, what, what, if anything, would keep you awake at night? Now, my irrational fear of sharks in my swimming pool does not keep me awake at night, although it does make for some interesting dreams. But there are things that can bother your soul or your spirit or your mind at such a level that it actually disturbs your ability to sleep. What we're going to talk about tonight from the book of Proverbs addresses that issue. It addresses those fears. Because sometimes we do run into fear and it can become quite a problem. Some typical things that people fear that would be an example of what might keep you up at night could be the fear of sudden terror. Now, why would we talk about sudden terror? And that, that's an interesting phrase. And it, it, for a lot of us, probably feels like a new idea or a new thing to be scared of. But if you're like me, you know exactly where you were on the dates of 9-11 
2001. You know exactly how the thought of people driving airplanes into towers was communicated to you, whether a friend said it, whether it was a phone call, whether you saw something on TV, and in that moment, you, like me, got a crash course in understanding what sudden terror is. And then you come through a week like we've had in the United States of America, where somewhere around the number of 30 people, and that's just the bigger ones that we've known about, have been killed suddenly in mass shootings. Whether they're at a county fair, or whether they're out for a drink with their friends, or whether they're shopping at Walmart, suddenly terror and evil entered into those safe places. And all of us become a little bit more afraid. Because the sudden terror reaches out and it seems to be spreading like an epidemic. How do we Christians then respond to that fear? Some may fear the loss of a loved one. And again, this is not irrational. People lose loved ones all the time. And tonight at the end of our service, we're going to pray for a family that recently lost loved ones. People fear sickness and disease. You could fear failure at work or at school or on the athletic field. You could fear the loss of a job or income or financial ruin, the fear of a rejection. Just ask them out on a date. No, I would never. They may fear abuse or an emotional breakdown. In this season of life, in this culture, in this time, the rise of fear-based emotional distress is at all-time high. Anxiety is a plague in our culture. And many people are pointing to the wide use of technology as contributing to that factor. As a matter of fact, at our kickoff Sunday on September 8th, we're going to be launching a brand new series called Rest for the Stressed. Where we're going to deal in depth with some of these things that cause anxiety, discouragement, depression. We're going to see what the Bible has to say about that over a four-week period. If you know someone that could benefit from that discussion from God's Word, invite them. Bring them to that series starting on September 8th. But all of those thoughts are rooted in fear. So how, as a follower of Jesus, should we handle fear? How do we address it? How do we sleep soundly at night when there are legitimate things to be scared of? The book of Proverbs brings us a truth. And this may sound strange and it may sound foreign, but we're going to spend two weeks unpacking this truth. And it says, wisdom says to us, fight Fear with fear. Fight fear with fear. Last week, as we talked about money, and if you weren't able to be with us last week, you can jump online and catch our discussion. But last week, we talked about the verses in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. We summed them up like this. Some things are more valuable than money. The fear of the Lord and wisdom top that list. If you read the book of Proverbs, you cannot avoid this discussion of fear because it comes up over and over and over again. And last week we said 
listen, it's more beneficial, it's more profitable to seek after, to go after, to hunt for wisdom than it is to try to gain money. Wisdom is better than a pile of gold. So let's talk about that more. How do we understand, how do we react to, how do we follow the advice and the wisdom of fear the Lord? How do I get that? How do I understand that? We're going to wrestle with this together. But in Proverbs, this idea of the fear of the Lord comes up 20 times. And in these 20 verses that talks about gaining fear of the Lord, is summed up in four different ways. The, the fear of the Lord is talked about in Proverbs as the beginning. The beginning of knowledge. As the beginning of wisdom. So when you start to understand or when you realize what the fear of the Lord is and you practice it, you have just started the process of gaining knowledge and wisdom. And we love wisdom because wisdom is the ability not just to make a good choice, not just to make the better choice, but to make the best choice of all. And so if I want wisdom, where do I start? I start with the fear of the Lord. And we're going to fight fear with fear. The fear of the Lord is talked about as the hatred of evil. I don't know about you, but when I see these mass shootings on television, when I hear about another town and another community or another church or, or another restaurant or another concert being attacked, I think in that moment that this is just pure evil. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Proverbs talks about the fear of the Lord actually gaining to the quality and the quantity of your life. If you fear the Lord, you will have a better and longer life. Man. Again, the world's logic and thinking wouldn't put these two things together, fear and a better life. But Proverbs does. And so as we were thinking about how to discuss this topic over the next few weeks, this truth came to mind. Fear moves you. Fear moves you. The moment I was in the middle of that lake and I felt something that I thought was the sharp teeth of a shark bearing down on my calves, I moved. I moved like I've never moved before. There was turning and spinning and shrieking and yelling and kicking and punching, all happening in the moment, in that split second. My heart moved like it's never moved before. Fear moves you. Fear causes you into action. And that's why I think Proverbs so many times talks about fear as just being the beginning. So if we fear what we are supposed to fear, if we fight fear with fear, there will be movement in our lives. And so tonight we're going to just look at this part one of how fear moves us. We're going to look at several stories that demonstrate the movement that fear causes. And I think stories for us is going to be the best way to understand what fear of the Lord is and how it impacts our lives. And so let's travel through these stories together tonight. And then in two weeks from now, we'll continue the conversation. The first story, is, it comes up in the book of Genesis. It talks again in Hebrews chapter 11 about a fellow named Noah. 
Most of you, if you've grown up in the church, you, you've heard about Noah, you understand who he is. If you haven't grown up in the church, Noah is the guy that's responsible for that little wooden boat that's painted or is in your house and then has two of every kind of animal coming towards it. The story of Noah is pretty famous. Noah was instructed by God to build an ark. And an ark is this ginormous boat, bigger than any boat any person would ever need, bigger than a bunch of football fields put together, stories and stories high, a boat that would be big enough to handle two of every kind of animal on the earth. And Noah was, was tasked with building the boat. Now here's, here's the interesting part of the story. Noah had never seen rain. But God said to him, and, and imagine having this conversation with God. Hey, Noah, what? It's going to rain. It's, it's going to what? It's going to rain. What do you mean? There's going to be water droplets that are going to fall from clouds in the sky, and there's going to be a lot of them, and they're going to cover everything. Water is going to fall from the sky. What? What do you mean? So much water is going to fall from the sky that it's going to cause a flood. What's a flood? A flood is when there's a lot of water and it covers everything. It covers your house and it covers your town and it covers the hills and the trees and the mountains. And where's the water coming from? It's coming from the sky. And, and Noah's probably trying to wrap his head around something that he just couldn't wrap his head around. And, and God said, listen, it's going to rain, it's going to flood, and you're going to need a boat. In the middle of a field. Where? In the field. Because it's going to flood. Why in the world would Noah dedicate his life to building a boat? Now here's the demonstration of fear in this story. From the story of Noah we learn that the fear of God moves us to bold and life-saving action. The fear of God moves us to bold, life-saving action. Here's the thing. Noah believed that God would flood the earth. Therefore, he built a boat. If he didn't think God would actually do it, he would have never built the ark but he believed god here's what hebrews 11 says by faith noah being warned by god there's a flood coming concerning events yet unseen in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household just think about this principle and this demonstration the fear of god moves us to bold life-saving action you think about it in the story of Noah, that he believed God and therefore he did something that was incredible, that was embarrassing, that was shameful, that caused him ridicule, that took his fortune away. But in the end, it saved his life because he believed God was going to do what he said he was going to do. What about you? Do you believe that God is going to do what he said he would do? And God has said some pretty incredible things, some pretty terrifying things. 
after the flooding of the entire world, God said, I will never flood the earth again. But there will be fire. There will be judgment. There will be an eternal destination for everyone, and one is the lake of fire, and one is heaven. And do you believe that God is going to do what he said he would do? And God said, listen, everybody needs to be saved. Saved from what? The wrath of God. There's going to be punishment that's poured out onto this earth that's going to destroy Satan and sin forever. And everyone has to make a choice about whether they will be saved or whether they will not be saved. Do you believe God is going to do what he said he's going to do? And are you trusting in yourself or are you trusting in this God? When you trust God for your own personal salvation, listen to this, you are involved in a bold, life-saving action. To actually believe that someone other than yourself could save you is bold. To put your life into someone else's hands is bold. To put your eternal destiny in the hands of a God that you cannot visually see is bold. But we do it because of the fear of the Lord. I think kind of the best example of this is my salvation story. And I've said this before, so I'll I'll just briefly remind you. The reason I got saved is because some older people told me as a child about hell and that I was going there along with everybody I knew. And all of a sudden I was terrified. And again, I do not recommend this strategy for evangelism. But I remember clearly being afraid.